This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey guys, it's Mom Taraj, the podcast about being a mom that thinks that most mom stuff is super boring. So we created our own posse. I'm Ashley. And I'm Carrie, And we are ready to walk you down the red carpet of motherhood. Hey, Ashley. Yes. You ever hear of Pop-Tarts? Yes. You ever wonder why there aren't Mom-Tarts? No. It's because of the pastryarchy. Well, we've got a great show for you guys today. First up, we are going to be using strategic thinking to create the life you want. Every New Year's Eve episode, we try to get you something that could make your new year better. We're just tired of resolutions. Then we're talking about the future of schools. As always, we have our hashtag swag bag. And up next, take it away, small child. Kicking shit. Okay, before we go to tits and shits, let's address January and our future with you guys and the world. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, okay, let's go. As you know, this will be our last episode with Cafe Mom, and it will be our last episode before we're on a new journey. And we're not 100% sure what that journey is going to be yet, and that's okay, because that's life. We will still be doing the podcast, though, so don't be like, is the journey you're not doing the podcast? No, we're still doing the podcast. That's what we want to update you about. We will still be doing the podcast for January to give ourselves a little break, give ourselves a little opportunity to confirm our new home. We are going to be recording some short episodes. Some will be on our own. Maybe we'll do one together. I'm going to try and get Matt in for one. Just silly, fun, unedited topics. It's going to look a little different in January. That's growth, baby. Keep in touch with us. Subscribe to the podcast because then it will always go automatically to your phone. And you're going to want to make sure that you're following us on Instagram at Momtourage Podcast. And also, dudes, rate, review. Even if it's just like XOX so baboos, whatever. Just write the review and send your favorite episode to your friends. We would love that. Send us around like herpes. What can you get your favorite podcasters? The gift of a review and a share. <laughs> and it'll cost you nothing. Okay, can I start? Yeah, because I'm eating barbecue chicken. Weird. So... My shits are. I have so much to do before Christmas. I know this is airing after Christmas. I have so much to do in the one and a half week leading up to Christmas. Heard me too. I was trying to write it all down before we started recording, and I can't even make sense of it all. But good thing I took a nap and watched Ghost Adventures this morning, because that's a priority. That's a solid choice, boo. Those are my shits. There's so much I can't even get my thoughts in order, and I'm trying to write it down. I hate that when you're so overwhelmed that you can't even figure out where to start. You just shut down and watch Ghost Adventures and fall asleep. Organization is what helps me tackle things well. When I can't even get organized because it's just so much, then I really kind of go into a tizzy. Then I'm like, what do I do? And then my brain is just freaking out and overwhelmed and kind of like, shut down, go to sleep. Paper, paper, paper. Beep, 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 boop. So that's where I'm at. I found myself in the shower thinking, remember a few years ago when you were like, I hope Christmas never ends. This is the most magical magical time of year and this year you're like how long till we get to january when do we take this tree down wow bah humbug my tits are matt was putting sebastian to sleep the other night and he said to sebastian 
hey, what do you want to get mama for Christmas? And Sebastian said, and this is how I know he is my son. He said, mm, leather pants. Yeah. One of my rich girl dreams has been a real pair of leather pants. I had them in college and I wish I had never sold them. Yes, I have bought pairs before that have ripped or just don't fit well. I have tried to buy them. I just have yet to find the perfect pair. It's right up there with a Toto washlet toilet or the Kohler toilet. I have never said this to my child to my knowledge. I don't know how he knew, but I love him for it. He knows his mommy. I feel like he's going to grow up to be a leather pants kind of gentleman, maybe. You know, leather pants at a man are a different thing. It makes me think of the episode of Friends, where Ross puts on leather <laughs> yes, pants, yes, which is yes. one of the best episodes. And we all know I think Ross is hot. It makes me think of the leather man Saturday Night Live. That too. I don't foresee Sebastian being a leather guy, but he knows his mama is a bad bitch who would love a real pair of leather pants. That's all I can ask for. My child knows me. Love that for you. What are your tits and shits? My tits are that I found a yoga class that is from a teacher in New York. It's a secret yoga class. You have to know somebody to know it. This is the one you went to today. Yeah. And I showed up and I knew four of the people in the class just from the neighborhood, which was awesome. Like I said one time in one of my many full of myself rants, I feel like I'm sort of making a splash in Montclair. People know me. And I was like, oh my gosh, I taught with you at NJ Pack. You were at the story salon as a painter. You're my next door neighbor. Weird. And I had a moment of being like, well, then why didn't you invite me to this damn class sooner? But they didn't know that I was looking for a yoga class. It was really nice because I need to be exercising regularly for my mental health. And also just after having COVID twice, my lungs are just not the same. I have to try to work to get the breathing back where they were. This was old school New York style yoga because that's where she taught in the same places that I taught this teacher. So that's really nice. It felt like community. It felt like all the stuff I love about yoga. Good class, a teacher with integrity. Your tits and shits for the past like two months has been community, 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 community. Guess this is a vibe. Yeah, I never realized how into community you are. For me, I'm like, I'll stay away. I'll be in hiding. I don't know. When you have family that sometimes is not always great. Uh-huh. The family members that listen to the show hopefully know that I'm not talking about them. Of course. But I've had some issues with some family members and you know, then you create your own family. Chosen family is very important to me and that's kind of what community is to me. And as a yoga teacher, I always had that community in Brooklyn because it's easy to find community when you're a yoga teacher. So I've just been missing that. So that's been really, really exciting. My shits are I'm over the cold in the dark. We just started. We're fucked. We went to dinner last night and turns out that one of the people we went to dinner with tested positive for COVID today. And Lee and I had plans for the weekend that involved my daughter going to my mom's house. And we had already booked a hotel in the city for the weekend. I'm just trying to figure out how to enjoy my life, but also be respectful and not to die. I still got to go out and do things because my mental health is so much better, but I don't want to hurt my parents who are high risk. So that's my shits. This article is from the Harvard Business Review. So this article is all about how in corporate strategy projects, executive leadership teams work through a series of questions to determine how their businesses can succeed. They basically took this process and found a way to apply it to individuals so that you can figure out how to live a meaningful life. This is a very long article. I'm going to keep it as short 
as humanly possible. The link will obviously be in our show notes as it always is. There's also a worksheet. So you can download the worksheet, print it out, work on it, read through the article slowly and do step by step. So it would be helpful if this is something that actually interests you and you want to apply this to your life for 2024. Go check out the link and do all of that. The demands of everyday life, the here and now, can overwhelm us. And it leaves very little time for us to think about what we're working toward. And as a result, when faced with life decisions, we're left with nothing to guide us but emotion or intuition. So if you have a strategy, you're going to be able to better navigate all of those transitions and difficult moments and still find joy and fulfillment in your life while minimizing stress. So they give you the seven steps for a business. These are how they're adapted as an individual. One, how do I define a great life? Two, what is my life purpose? Three, what is my life vision? Four, how do I assess my life portfolio? Five, what can I learn from benchmarks? Six, what portfolio choices can I make? And seven, how can I ensure a successful, sustained life change? So the goal is to give your emotion and intuition an analytical partner. Step one, how do I define a great life? Social norms and hierarchies might suggest that we measure ourselves with money, fame, and power, but studies have shown that money leads to greater happiness only to the extent that our basic needs are met, after which its returns diminish or even plateau. We've talked about that before. Yes. Other research shows that many of us are on a hedonic treadmill. After you get a raise or a promotion or you buy your big ticket thing that triggers a pleasure high, you return to your original level of happiness. You go back to rotting. Pretty much. The ancient Greeks saw two main dimensions of great life, which is hedonia, which is a focus on pleasure, and eudaimonia, I think I'm saying that right, it focuses on virtues and on meaning. More recently, scholars have pointed out the importance of social connection. Connection, a theme, community. You are on crack today. (laughs) A study of more than 27,000 people in Asia found strong correlation between being married and being satisfied with life, while a study that has followed 268 Harvard college men from 1938 to present and was expanded to include children and wives found that meaningful relationships were the key driver of long-term happiness. They use this framework called a PERMA model introduced by Martin Seligman, founder of Positive Psychology and a University of Pennsylvania professor. Guys, anyone who's following all this anti-Semitism, I am so sorry that we're mentioning these huge colleges, but this is a big part of this, okay? So in his 2011 book, Flourish, he developed PERMA, and then other researchers later developed it into PERMA-V. And this stands for P, positive emotions. E, engagement. R, relationships. M, meaning. A, achievement. And V, vitality. And then you're going to rate the importance on you from a scale of zero, not important, to 10, very important. They tell you to try and recall periods of deep satisfaction in your past and consider what triggered them. In the first step of strategy projects, we conduct a comprehensive analysis of the status quo. So you're going to basically rate your current satisfaction with each dimension on a scale of zero to 10. Two, what's my life purpose? You're going to ask yourself, what am I good at? Think about situations at work or in other areas that you've demonstrated critical strengths such as creativity, teamwork, or communication, and then ask, what are my core values? Then you're going to ask, which activities light me up? 
your answers might include things like problem solving, engaging with different types of people, and then finally ask, what need can I help address in the world? So the purpose-defining stage of strategy projects in business, they conduct belief audits to get input from many stakeholders. They want you to do the same thing, but asking family or friends what your strengths are, what values you live by, what things excite you, and what needs you might help fill. So you're going to draw from your own answers and their answers, and you're going to draft a purpose statement. Three, what is my life vision? Individuals should strive to envision who they want to become in the years ahead. So this philosopher Seneca said, if you do not know which port you are sailing to, no wind is favorable. I want to become a lady that wears a lot of animal print and has a bird. Okay. So at the same time, you want to remain open to surprises and serendipity. Two birds. The same philosopher said, luck is what happens when preparation meets opportunity. And you and I kind of live by that. Yeah. When things happen to us, that's an opportunity. We've done the work. It's like being a good improv comic. There's a lot of homework and then you just let it fly. That's a great way of looking at it. Yes, and your life, guys. What story would I like to tell people about me five to ten years from now? That I'm awesome. What would I do if money wasn't an issue? Spend it. What will the 80-year-old me not want to have missed in life? Your purpose and your strengths might also trigger some ideas about your vision. A vision can give you focus. You might end up with a short list of bullet points or one-sentence summary of your vision. No matter how you capture it, a vision statement can be powerful in guiding your life. An example we love, the authors, come from our colleague Sebastian when he was 14. After a poor math test result, his teacher told him, teaching you is a waste of time. That's a horrible teacher. Horrible, horrible teacher. And warned he'd never get a high school diploma. For the next couple of years, Sebastian took that to heart, skipped school, and started working as a bricklayer. Eventually, he decided to make a change, and it began with this vision statement. I will go to university and get a PhD and then go back to my teacher all in the next 10 years. And he did that. He graduated with summa cum laude with a PhD in economics. And in another 10 years, he was a managing director. I'm living for Sebastian's level of petty. I also sometimes have that level of petty. I'm going to be like, oh, you didn't think I was going to succeed? Watch me. So number four, how do I assess my life portfolio? Companies typically use portfolio analysis to assess their businesses' units on key parameters such as growth or share to decide where to invest capital. So what are the equivalents of capital expenditures in life? It's time, energy, and money. A week has 168 hours. How do you spend them? 525,600 Number five, what can I learn from benchmarks? In almost every strategy project, we do a best practice and benchmarking analysis to understand what we can learn from leading companies. So you're going to do the same for individuals by looking at role models and then more importantly, the research on life satisfaction. So you're going to ask yourself, who conducts their personal and professional life in a way I admire? Drew Barrymore. There you go. Then you're going to ask what makes them admirable and what choices they would make if they were in your shoes. You and I just listened to the Drew Barrymore Beyond the Blinds, which is very depressing because she has been through shit, but we know she's been through shit. I like that she will just take her dying dog on a road trip, show Flossie the sights. Life may be hard and triggering and scary, but that doesn't mean you have to be a shit person. That seems like a pretty incredible message. I think this is a great idea. It just seems 
so time consuming. It's doing what companies pay multiple people to figure out about the company, except you're doing it for yourself for your life. So it is quite a process. So once you ask yourself your question, you're going to consider what scientific studies tell you about life satisfaction. It found that the most quoted examples of life satisfaction were significant others, children, friends, sports, spirituality, community. <laughs> Salaries, savings, and nutrition. Other studies have found that proven life enhancers include practicing kindness, mindfulness, meditation, and gratefulness, cultivating more humor and laughter, dedicating time to learning, and developing a growth mindset. I also heard that one of these is listening to Momtourage podcast. That also helps. <laughs> yes, that one definitely ups your life satisfaction. Six, what portfolio choices can I make? In life, the equivalent questions are, what happens if I continue to live my life the way I am now? What if I change my priorities? Equipped with your definition of a great life, your purpose, your vision, and your benchmarks, you're now ready to find out. What you want to do is be specific about what you want to change. Examples from our workshop attendees include reconnecting with friends from school, visiting one's grandpa every week, engaging in a weekly micro-adventure with one significant other, changing jobs, committing to a new sleep schedule, trying a meditation app, gratitude journal, spending more time with your kids, you know, all those kinds of things. On the other hand, you have only 168 hours each week, which means you must reduce, outsource, or bundle existing activities or make them more efficient through productivity strategies and tools. When you work out with your boyfriend or volunteer for a good cause with your friends, you're bundling sports and significant other or societal engagement and friendship. That's like me taking friends to yoga class. Exactly. Last one, seven. How can I ensure a successful, sustained life change? Change is not easy. More than 40% of Americans set New Year's resolutions each January and reports indicate that more than 90% fail to follow through on them which is why Carrie does not like covering resolutions. Yep. Many companies ensure implementation successfully of the strategies they've outlined by using objectives and key results. They recommend doing the same for each of the changes you committed to in step six. You're going to define the broad objective and the date by which you want to achieve it, then break down each of those objectives into a few key results or action items, again, with deadlines. If you're unsure about implementing a big move in your life, experiment and try breaking it down and doing it in a little way. So there you have it. You can go into 2024 after completing this. If you're unhappy with the way your life is, if you're not feeling fulfilled or satisfied or happy, maybe it's worth doing something like this. This sounds like a really good thing to do with somebody else. It's sort of like having someone write your bio for you. Your friend can sometimes see you clearer than you can see yourself. And so this is a great thing either to do with a best friend or a sibling or a partner. Of course, sibling and partner have their own kind of bag that comes along with it, but maybe not. Maybe you're Ashley and her and her husband are best friends and they can do it together and not have any baggage. You know how people will do like vision boards for a new year? Yeah. This is another way of doing that. I just feel like it's a little more focused. It's less woo-woo. It's more accessible, maybe. The other thing is, we've talked about it. You only have so many coins and the amount of buckets change. Yep. The more buckets you have, the more you might have to spread out the coins. It's a lot to digest, but when you're sitting there reading it, point by point doing each thing as it goes and there's illustrations to really help you it really seems very digestible mm -hmm. yeah it's probably like an hour to a day of work you know on and off coming to it going back thinking deeply about these things it works for companies why wouldn't it work for us for segment two, we're talking about the Alpha Private School in Austin, Texas. I saw this 
on TikTok from at Ford Sanders. I guess he's a newscaster in Austin. In this school, there are no teachers. There are adults that act as guides. The children are being fully taught by AI. Don't like it. For two hours in the day, they're learning all of their course subjects and working one-on-one with AI. And the AI is like, Harriet Tubman has come to life and talks to you. Albert Einstein. Important historical figures. Tupac Shakur. Jada Pinkett Smith talking to Tupac Shakur, (laughs) giving her opinions about things. The Red Table. Tupac's like, get away. I don't want to deal with you, Jada. One of the co-founders says that the kids learn two times as much in two hours compared to other children in regular school for six hours. After they do their two hours of AI teaching, they spend the rest of the day focusing on what they call life lessons. I was like, oh, great. So we're going to learn like woodshop. And what's the one where you cook? Homac. Homac, right. No, it's like public speaking and robotics. There are three campuses of this school, two of which are in Austin. I don't know where the other one is. It's in space. Tuition is $40,000, although they have a large amount of children on financial aid. What do you think, friend? Hells to the no for multiple reasons. Before I just go hard, I'm going to say that I think that there are ways to use AI to help us in education. Like you want to use this AI thing in a classroom? Great. I think it would be interesting to see if AI and a teacher were working together, if AI through recognizing patterns and whatever might be able to detect holes in learning that the teacher might not be able to see because they're not a supercomputer No all the times this kid did this this way. That might have helped me because I am number dyslexic, but I could mask enough that no one knew it. And so maybe I would have had early intervention and I would have been okay. Maybe. We also don't know if this would solve that. I'm just saying, I can see how that would help. What I'm seeing in schools is the fun is out of schools. Was fun ever in schools? I think so. The recesses and the stuff, sometimes they're taking that away for more school and more homework. I guess things like music and art. Yeah, and letting the kids free range. There's being so much stress put on common core standards. I think there's a pro and a con to that. And some of the other things are not as valued. And I think it's causing dysfunction in our children. I think kids are getting really nitpicky. What I've seen is the parents' accessibility to each grade because it's all done on the computer. The parents are like nitty gritty about like one test grade from a kid instead of the fact that in order to learn you have to fail and as long as that grade goes up and the overall grade is good who cares about that one grade that was not so good right and so I just see all of these things that it's causing the kids anxiety they're not focused on self-reflection at all they're focused so much on result-oriented things what we learned from COVID and Zoom school is that being in front of a screen learning it puts students back in other areas really badly part of one of the many expected things Things for a teacher to perform in, which is a lot of things, is being able to keep a kid's attention or at least bring them back into the classroom mentally. Also, I am doing so much more as a teacher. Sometimes I know that a child is questioning their sexuality and the parents don't. And the only safe place that they can explore that is in the school. And at home, it would not be safe for them 
to reveal that. Sometimes for unhoused kids, I'm providing deodorant and food and meals and counseling. I had a student come up to me and tell me some really private stuff because she doesn't have an adult to give advice. You can't get that from AI. You cannot. We've seen the Black Mirror episodes. And another thing, just taking it out of children, as a yoga teacher, there are plenty of pros about taking virtual exercise classes. You can do them wherever. If I have a teacher that I loved who now lives in Australia, I can still take that class. But there is something different. It's the same thing as when you see a movie in your house versus seeing a movie in a theater, there is some kind of magic that happens when you're in the space. And I feel that about yoga class. I can practice with my Zoom teacher and it's definitely better than going to a bad teacher in person, but nothing beats that synergistic magic that happens when you're in the space. Also, school is socialization. What I don't understand is this was people's big axe to grind during COVID was it's important for our children to be in school because of socialization and all this other stuff. And then it's like, oh, okay, but we're dropping that because AI, because Harriet Tubman men can actually tell your kid about the Underground Railroad. And also there's a teacher shortage, but there's a teacher shortage for a reason. And that reason is they're not paid enough. They're not supported. And they're expected to do a zillion different things. And they don't make enough money to pay for the amount of money you spend putting into becoming a teacher. That's why there's a teacher shortage. So why don't we fix the systemic problem that teachers are underpaid and underappreciated and undersupported. Fix that. And then we don't have to worry about AI teaching our kids. We hear about all this stuff about how bad it is for screens, screens, screens. Why are we keep adding more. My first thought was like, what do you do in the event of a school shooting? What do these kids do? Who's directing them? Who's taking care of them? Who's watching to get a feel if a kid is a threat or if this kid is coming from, like you said, you deal with unhoused children. Or like noticing that a kid has cut marks on their arms. Exactly. Where is that? Where is the humanity? And then that movie that just came out with Julia Roberts or whatever, what if there's a cyber attack and all of a sudden somebody infiltrates the AI that's teaching the children? There's that Prager U for the homeschooled kids, but they're telling people on their commercials on Fox News and the OAN or whatever that other one is, they're telling people, oh, this is certified, blah, blah, blah. No, it's not because some of the things you're teaching children are factually incorrect. So what's the regulation in determining what's factual and what's truthful and what is propaganda? Who sets the standards? Who programmed the AI? Exactly. It's like that one time when Luna and I both had COVID and I was letting her watch a lot of YouTube kids because I was so sick. And it went to a cartoon of a bear basically having an eating disorder and the mother being like, yeah, that's the only way you're going to win the bear contest is to lose weight. Honestly, you're lucky that's what she stumbled upon because there are so much worse on YouTube that are aimed at children. I can't with this. So I think this is a poor idea. I think the danger is then the opposite. And then all of a sudden we're like, don't have any AI. Don't use it at all. I use this AI breast cancer screening thing where it looked at patterns and scanned your breast scan. You used it at the doctor's office or at home? I opted in. They said you could opt in to help use AI with your mammogram. Basically, it looks at patterns of other sonograms or like in this case of the missing girl, they're using AI. You put in a picture of kind of the thing you're looking for, like an or or a Asian woman age 24. And then it scales down to the pixel level to find in a large picture where that might be like a Where's Waldo. And then they can set search and rescuers to that place to narrow down where that person might be. That's genius use of AI. Totally. I've been using AI a lot more to get work done. Chat G. 
GPT was my hashtag swag bag last week. There are definite benefits to it. You know, I don't want to get too black mirror-y, but you're feeding this entity intelligence, essentially. So it's going to grow and grow and grow. And eventually it might be a huge problem. I don't know. That might be too sci-fi Ray Bradbury of me. Not good, bitch. Not good. It's so funny because a couple of years ago during COVID, we were talking about homeschooling. And my thing was homeschooling kids tend to be weird. I know a few good ones. I think if you're going to do this AI thing, you do it in a homeschool situation. Doesn't that make more sense? Yes. You do it in a homeschool situation where there's a parent who's also teaching them the other things, taking them to the aquarium and all the other shit homeschool people do. That makes a lot more sense than paying $40,000 for AI to teach my child with no teachers present, no socialization, more screen time. That is not worth $40,000 a year. We talked about it before. In COVID times, all my neighbors made like a one-room schoolhouse and they hired a tutor to teach their kids. If you had an AI, whatever, teaching all those kids with an educator in the room as well, but each kid is getting their own individualized thing. And then that tutor did group work with the kids. So they were socializing. They had recess. They had yoga, whatever. And they had their group of six friends of varying ages that were not necessarily related to them. So Matt's brother's kids, they do a homeschool that's through a church, which I get having issues with that in whatever way. But essentially, it's run through the church. They do most of the homeschooling at home Monday through Thursday. And I think they go in on Fridays. And I think that's a pretty nice progressive way of doing it, depending on what the curriculum is when it comes to religion and all of that stuff and what your personal preference and what you want your kid to learn. But that's a nice way of homeschooling and people still getting socialization. I would rather have my kid in that type of scenario than the AI school, personally. Agreed. Don't trust the robots! Hashtag swag bag. So I was thinking about getting a Stanley for so long. And then my mom had one of those types of cups, but it wasn't Stanley. It was some no-name something that she got at Home Goods, And I fell in love with it. I have this new one and I like it. It has a straw and a pour. The odd walla. Yeah. Or walla or whatever. Yeah, my mom has that too. I'm not that interested in that one. Now, if someone gifted me an Owala, I would take it. This is not good for the car. Well, this one, there was a flash sale on Black Friday on Amazon. It was $7. And I didn't realize this is actually kind of a big brand. And I will tell you, I like it better than the no-name one because I can lay in bed and tilt it and it doesn't spill because it has a stopper here. It reminds me of when Matt would bring you wine in bed. I still do that. I used to have alcoholic beverages in bed out of a sippy cup when we were younger. Now I have it out of a glass like an adult. <laughs> but this HydroFlow, I was looking on Nordstrom Rack today for gifts and stuff. It was on sale there for $16. It's like a 20-something dollar bottle. And I think it's better than the Stanley and that's all I have to say. What this cup is not good for is a day of carless commuting. If you're walking around all day or if you're taking the subway or the bus, this is not the cup. That's when you need the Awala or a Swell bottle or something. This is good, but it's heavy. I mean, that's the thing. They're all heavy. It's kind of like, as much as I love reading an actual tangible book, I don't like carrying a book around. Right. I'd rather just look at my phone. Yeah, I like the New Yorker for that. The Merit Blush. A lot of people like that Merit Blush. It's not good for like I need this to look good from morning till night. It's not going to do that. It's not going to last on your face. But sometimes I don't want my blush to last all day because sometimes I feel like it's just too pigmented. But this is perfect for that no makeup makeup look where I'm like dewy and layering it on. Today I went to drop off and yoga and I was like, I want to look like I'm not dead, but I don't want to look like, oh, I'm so done up. Right. You just want to look a little flush. And I'm sure that you could use that Merit blush and most 
looks that need to last all day, you're going to layer a couple different kinds of blush. You're going to do a cream and a powder and a whatever. The Patrick Ta method. Right. But I really do like this blush because I've been struggling with either having too much blush on or nothing. And I feel like this is a nice in between. What color did you get? I got the color Beverly Hills, which is very natural. Brownish. Yeah. They have other colors that are much brighter and would probably make more of a pop. But I just wanted something that I put a little bronzer on. I put a little of this and I just look not so dead. Well, guys, we've had a wonderful 2023 with you, and we're looking forward to an even better 2024 with you. The new toast from Lee's dad. He likes to do toasts. Uh Uh-huh. May the best day of last year be the worst day of next year. I see where Luna gets her poetic ways from. I kept messing it up and being like, may your worst day of last year be the Best your day best day ever. <laughs> we love you guys. Have a great New Year's. Bye. Bye. Okay, that's our show today, folks. Thank you so much for giving us a listen. Please do not forget to rate, review, and subscribe or follow. We are out here on our own, and these things really, really matter. We want to hear from you. Tell us what you want to hear. Email us at hello at momtouragepodcast.com. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok, all at momtouragepodcast.com to hang out with us all week long. We are here for you. You are not alone. We got you. So go ahead, girl. Know this posse is behind you and go slay. Momtourage is a Cafe Mom podcast written and produced by Ashley Herring-Smith and Carrie Sotero. Recorded and mixed by Lee Mars. Our theme song, MILF, is by the band Mama Drama. You can find them on Instagram at mamadramaband or mamadramaband.com. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.